You're listening to Fox on the Wire Podcast. All right, everybody. Welcome to a very special episode of Fox on the Wire, episode 83, slowly crawling towards that uh, sweet number 100. And we're just about to crack the fourth anniversary of the podcast. So uh, I just remembered that today. Time... It's just absolutely flying. So um, yeah, we're almost we're almost there. So I want to welcome a very special guest today, all the way from Germany. We're battling sort of a I think a nine hour time difference, but I think we've done pretty well here. So I want to welcome Jurg, aka Riff Madness, to Fox on the Wire. Welcome, sir. Welcome. Well, hi. Um, it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for the invitation. So uh, I'll be following you on Instagram for a little while now. Um, mm. I think I, you know, came across your playing videos of Metallica, and you do a lot of Ramstein and just a lot of heavy stuff. And um, yeah, it's great. So I and I, I saw somewhere along the line there we had I think a mutual interest in Metallica's Load album. I think um, it was just oh, one. Yeah. Con- I think yeah, you post. Quite a few songs off the Load and Reload album, which you know some Metallica fans have put way back in their Metallica collection. Mm. Um, mm. But I myself, you know, Load I think was my first Metallica album uh, growing up. Um, it was just when it was released. You know, that's when I was getting into music with my best friend, and you know, he came home one day with the the CD of Load and the tab book, and off we went. Um, so Load has a very special place in my heart mm, mm. <laughs> and then obviously you know went back to all the earlier metallica stuff so um yeah so you're you're based or you live in germany um tell us a little bit about yourself well um yeah my name's jörg <laughs> i'm almost 41 i play guitar for over 20 years now and i still suck at it but that's just <laughs> the way it goes um well i love music i love playing guitar which is why i started these videos on instagram years ago and um still enjoy it obviously otherwise i wouldn't do it and i i love to have conversations with people on instagram off instagram like this one for example so thank you very much for this uh appreciate it very much thank you and i don't know if if there's something people want to know about me, ask me, write me, whatever. I'm glad uh, with uh, everyone to talk about something. I think um, you know one of the best things about music is that um, we can all bond around it. Oh. You know, uh, obviously we're a long way apart from each other in the world, um, and that's why I wanted to reach out to you. Um, you know mutual metallica fan and mm-hmm. fan of heavy music and guitars and um yeah i was really really happy when you sort of agreed to come on and um you know i've got pages of notes of things we can talk about so sure uh, sure hit me up hit me up yeah so you know i wanted to ask you about your guitars you take a lot of pride in your guitars you know anyone who follows you on instagram and you i mm. think your youtube channel as well you know we can sort of see that you take pride in your guitars and rightfully slow uh, rightfully so um which is something i definitely appreciate so why don't 
Why don't you show us a couple of your uh, your babies that are sitting to your left? What have you got there? Mm-hmm. You got a couple of uh, ESPs and your uh, is it the the Epiphone, the Midnight Black one? Is that what it's called? Yes, yes, it's a Epiphone. This Paul Custom. The model is called Midnight because mm-hmm. of the color, mm-hmm. and um, it came stuck with um, two EMGs eighty one. And over the years, I switched in and out uh, these pickups. I went then for years to A160 because of James, uh, because this is the sound I wanted to to do and wanted to have. Um, And I had uh, for quite some time the James Hetfield set in it. And now they are the 5766. And which are so good in this guitar. This guitar is um, really bright sounding, and the Alnico magnets and the fifty-seven sixty-six um, reduce the brightness brightness a bit, but sound so good. Okay, show you. Give us a look. Ooh, what a beauty! There it is. Yeah, is that and like they- a? It's is a, a brush mat- chrome. Ah, oh, okay. Yep. Very um, nice. So, yeah. And I, I I, also have the 5766 TW set, which I'm going to replace with this one uh, for more sound options. And um, the TW set have a, um, a single called Beneath the Humbuckers. Mm-hmm. So it's not split. So it's a... The humbucker is deactivated and the single coil is activated. So the housing of the humbuckers are, this is, uh, it goes too deeper into the body. And with a push pull option, you can activate or deactivate the single coil beneath the humbucker. So, um, yeah, for more sound options, for clean sound, for stretchy sounds, maybe. Um, looking, really looking forward to this one. And what what have yeah. you got that tune to? Do you, do you keep guitars in, in different uh, tunings? Yes, yes. Um, the Epiphone and the ESP Snakebite are in E standard. Mm. Um, the baritone is in Trap B or in C sharp standard, mm. mainly. Um, I do down tune to whatever, like. Uh, like the cover I did with the corn uh, here to stay, which is an A standard, or go low to um, what was it? Yeah, and I'm feeling on San Anger. Mm. I think what was it? Drop A sharp, maybe I, I don't know. Right, or G sharp. I don't. I don't remember. Let's look it up. Um, the Black Explorer is in D standard, and the Truckster and the White. MX are in E flat. Mm. Yep. This is why yeah. we need to have more than one guitar, isn't it? You know, all the different tunings, the different bands that we play. Yeah. Um, I also, the, the Truckster is my backup guitar in case something happens with the White Explorer when we play live. So if I have a major tuning issue or even Where's a string break? I can switch it to the truckster. Yep. 
and oh, sorry, and uh, we play Sabre True in D standard. Of course, you have to. And this is the only guitar I have with me to play this song. So I mainly use the White Explorer Live. Mm-hmm. And um, what are you playing live? Like, are you playing in an original band or what are, what are you doing there? No, um, I used to play in two different bands, uh, original music. And um, um, right now, and I have for a couple of years now, I'm part of the Metallica cover tribute band from Germany in Frankfurt, which is called Mindtallica. And uh, yeah, I use these three guitars. Cool. Life. Excellent. Uh, are you playing rhythm most of the time, or um, normally I have the, the Kirk job? Ah, cool. But we um, we uh, I play rhythm and solos, and so does my bandmate. So when we when we talk about what song we want to do, we um, we, we focus on mainly to play the song from front to back and then decides who will play the solo. So, mm. yeah, we play both. So I am Kirk and James, and he is Kirk and James. But my main role is to present Kirk on stage. Okay. Yep. But I don't play any Kirk guitar. I don't like <clears throat> I don't like the necks of, of his guitars. They're too thin for me. Yeah, the snake bite seems to fit your, like, like much like James, you know, just it looks like it's part of your body, <laughs> I guess. Um, and much like Dimebag with his guitars, you know, they just look like an extension of mm. his body. Uh, what what are the snake bites like to play uh, lead on? Because obviously we see James mainly playing rhythm. Um, are they sort mm. of good for lead as well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I had the chance to, to play the LTD version and the ESP version. And... Um, both wear in white, and um, the necks are were to, at the time completely different. Um, even though they are described as thin U necks, mm. the ESP neck is a little bit wider and thicker. Um, better woods. So the ESP version sounded fuller and had more sustain. Mm. And that's the reason why I bought the ESP over the LTD. I'm not saying the LTD version is bad. Absolutely not. It's a great guitar. The ESP was just better. And around the time, it wasn't the custom shop version. It was uh, right before they changed production from uh, you know these signature series to the custom shop. So I, I, I didn't even pay this amount of price they want to have today. All right. Oh, good. So, um, what what amps are you using live or and at home? I guess. Um, oh, at home I'm like ninety nine percent. I'm digital. Mm. Um, live is completely analog by now, mm-hmm. um, and I use the a diesel VH four, which I have since two thousand ten. Okay. It's my main amp. I st- I also have a Roland JC forty which I also use live, <laughs> went crazy route. Um, I wanted to have the Roland just for cleans. 
and the diesel just for rhythm and lead tones. So carrying around two amps, you're doing all by yourself. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I still would do it, but um, it's just too much to carry around. Mm. So for the last years, I'm just using this one amp, this Tito VH4 from clean to heavy to lead. It does everything I want, everything I need, and it's, it does everything um, I wanted in and outside of metallic sound. I can do it all with this amp. Um, and I use a couple of pedals live. Uh, not so much. The, mainly it is for ambience, for, for clean sounds. You know, a, a chorus pedal, the MXR Black Label Chorus. Um, the two different delays, uh, TTC Agronic Flashback, one for cleans, one for leads. And for clean also, the TC Agronic Hall of Fame Reverb. Uh, here and there, um, by KHDK, some overdrive pedals for uh, sustain or a different uh, crunch tone or different rhythm sound, uh, a bit more tighter sounding, like uh, a puppet's era, maybe. Yeah. Um, which is the KHDK Paranormal, the uh, Gary Holt signature pedal. Oh, yeah. If you ever get a hand on this one, do it. Mm. It's awesome sounding. Um, a detail 2x12 uh, rear loaded cabinet, oversized with uh, two vintage 30s. And everything is controlled with uh, the Voodoo Lab ground control and GCX audio switcher. So it's all MIDI functions. Mm. Uh, a wah pedal is the uh, Dunlop Dimebag. Dime big, dime big, cry baby from hell. Oh yeah, um, which I also have for years. It's, it's still the old one in, in the green camel. Ah, yeah, I've got the new, and the newer one, I think. The black camel. Yeah, I only got it last year, so it must be the new one. Okay. Yeah. And uh, as a wireless unit, I'm using the discontinued version of Shure GLXD. 14 or 16 i think mm-hmm. which had, which has a built-in tuner and a mute function so it's quite handy yeah 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 cool and that's about it i think uh, don't yep. picks richer strings and straps yeah that's what's it. um what gauge pick i'm curious <clears throat> um i'm trying out different different picks now mm-hmm. um i still have some of these black fangs. Oh yeah. I still have um the white fangs, which I really love because of this uh, because of this uh, different crib surface it has compared to the uh regular uh flow picks. So the crib surface surface is different. Mm. Really like it. But for a couple of weeks now, I went back to the original picks or um, the material I started with guitar, which is the uh, green tortex. Oh yeah, the what are they? The, 88s. Uh, point, the point eighty eights, and yeah. I used these. Do you see this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, a... it's the um, the 
the the flow version of it and T three version of it. And I doing this uh, Scallion uh, Dimebag trick, and I I don't know if you can see it. They're scored. Okay. You see this? Uh, it's a little bit blurry. Just pull it back a bit. Uh... I don't know if you can see it. There, I use um like a like a like a tool to to scratch them. Oh uh, yeah. So they they don't slip around. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I used to use the green ones, the Tortex, the eighty eights, <clears throat> um, but I've moved up to the the blue one, which I think is sort of around the one mil. Uh, it's a uh, one millimeter, yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm a little bit more comfortable with them, I think. So um, it's also they're not so snappy sounding, you know, yeah. different material. I mean, yeah. I love the white fangs. I love the flow, uh, all takes flow picks. I really do. Mm. Um, but come on, when we go on stage and we play like two, two and a half hours. I shred pigs like nothing. <laughs> especially with those even, sort of songs. Exactly. And especially also with the amount of angle I I, I attack the string and, and the way I play. I use of these 1.4 millimeters white fangs between six and nine pigs per show. Wow. Yeah, I shred these like nothing. Yeah, what's not, uh... not as bad as James, but still. Uh, can you imagine how many he would go through? That's why he's tossing them out to the audience after every song, I guess. Um, yeah. What sort of gauge? What sort of gauge strings do you use? Like for a standard E on the snake bite, for example. Mm, I don't. Oh, you mean on baritone? Um, I don't change strings, especially just for this tuning. I just use the the string gauges that are that are on it, and I just down tune. Um, for this drop C sharp, uh, drop B or standard C sharp, I use the same set, which is eleven to fifty two or fifty four. Mm. Because of the longer scale, you don't need these thick strings. Okay. Yeah. Um, for E standard, I'm using like a regular 10 to 46, but I changed the 46 to 48. Yeah, a little bit thicker. Yeah. yeah. And the E flat is 11 to 50. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Like like the James Hetfield set, but I use a set um, uh, by Richter. And for the D standard, this is quite interesting. This is a custom set. Uh, I experimented with different gauges and I came to the conclusion that this set works the best for me, which is um, 12 to 52, mm. but I might change the 52 to a 54. So it's a 12, uh, 15, 20, um, what is it, 32, 42, 52. Mm. Yeah, the 54 is pretty pretty thick pretty heavy but it's necessary i think on some guitars uh, i also like to down tune it to drop c or drop d or drop c sharp and this um slightly thicker string helps a lot with the, the attack and to keep it a certain tension so you don't have to change 
just this one string for a different tune. Yeah, I'm um, sort of trying out a few different strings on the LTD Phoenix there behind me because it's quite mm. a long, long. I've got the 54s on there at the moment, but I think I might try something a bit lighter. But I've got it tuned to uh, the Pantera standard detuning, 425 hertz, I think it is. You know, mm -hmm, to, mm -hmm. to, so it's a bit of a different tuning, which is why I went for the, the thicker strings, but um, mm -hmm. it's a bit a bit floppy so uh, then i'm still working that one out so i might uh might try the 10 to 52s and see how that goes i think dimebag i think dimebag used nines on this one but with the heaviest strings uh on top yep but it also comes down to how do you play mm. uh, the thickness of your of your pick and how heavy you pick and where do you pick exactly? Is it more towards the bridge? So you have a different tension there, or is it more to to the neck, which is uh, more floppy? You know, depends. Yeah, it does. depends on you. How how? This is why every time I see a question somewhere, there's a uh, I like to play, I don't know, like Kiltrini gauge, drop C, uh, what string gauges do you recommend? How do you play? Mm. You cannot you cannot answer question or ask yeah, answer question if you don't know how this particular player plays. Mm -hmm. True. Yeah. Yeah, some people pick a lot softer, some people dig into the strings a lot harder, like James. Right. Uh, so it can depend. Yeah, it really does depend on a lot of things. Also, uh, what uh, the string action. <laughs> some prayer players prefer to have a lower action. Some are higher. Some are in between. Mm -hmm. All comes down to personal preference. So you cannot answer such a question. Not really. Not really. I guess you can only sort of give some guidance, but um, it really comes down to the person mm -hmm. trying it out for themselves and see what, what feels comfortable. And that's sort of what I'm still doing with a lot of these guitars and, you know, finding the right gauge and the tuning and, mm -hmm. you know, because we're playing all different sort of stuff like metallic, you need standard tuning, Pantera, you need something different. My original stuff, mm -hmm. I need something different. So it's all, it's all different. Um, which is cool. That's a good excuse to have more guitars, I guess. So it's <laughs> <laughs> always an excuse to have more guitars. <laughs> Absolutely. So, do you remember how you got into Metallica? We're actually um, we're actually the same, or around the same age. So, um, I'd be interested to see when and what album and how you got into Metallica. First of all, well, my musical journey started with. Um, don't laugh at me. Uh, I started with. Uh, uh, bon Jovi, actually. I love Bon Jovi. Um, um, especially up to keep the faith. Yeah. And um, so no, I don't. I didn't start with uh, the first album. Um, I think I started listening to Bon Jovi because of Keep the Faith, and what was showing on TV when MTV was still available and still good. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um, and then I went to uh, Kiss and ACDC uh, the Kiss Unmasked era with uh, 
Pierce Kulik on guitar. Oh man. Revenge Kiss Revenge album is still my favorite. And the Kiss Alive uh three and the uh Kiss Unplugged session. Man, I love this album. And um then I went to uh, ACDC, you know, all around Ball Breaker around that time, you know, Hard as a Rock, um, the um, soundtrack for uh, 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 Last Action Last Action Hero movie with yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Yep. Uh, song. Cool video. Uh, too. Love it. Love it. And um, Hard as a Rock and all this, uh, the Ball Breaker album. Mm-hmm. And then I went to um like a like a shop um i wanted to buy actually another acdc record so i pull up this plaque record by acdc back plaque and i saw this different black looking album i was like oh what's this never heard of this band before don't shame on yeah shame on me I was just starting out. And um, it was a black album by Metallica. So I put it in there, put the headphones on. The first couple of notes I just sent me. So, ooh, nice. Next one, separate true. Ooh, nice, nice. So I bought this guitar that day, all the back and black. And yeah. And I think two years later, Low came out. So mm-hmm. up till then, it was just black album. And then Load came out, and I I understand the hate, yeah, or hate I should <clears> say, <throat> um, that people have or still have on this Metallica era when they say they used to be this. I get it, but is. They are artists. Mm-hmm. They want to do maybe something different. And what is wrong with that? If they keep doing the same over and over again, which they haven't up till then, beside making music they want to hear. And they said this from the early beginning. They want to do music they want to hear. They are honest. So what is wrong with that statement? Nothing, yeah. in my opinion. But I get it. I, it took me a couple of years actually um, to get the load, feel the vibe, and um, because when I started with with the Black Album, and after that, I went more extreme. Uh, I discovered Pantera. I discovered yeah. Slipknot. I discovered Sus- System of a Down. You know that when the new metal, new metal era came along with uh, Limbiscuit, Corn. Um, stained you name it and for for quite some time i was huge into uh slipknot and corn and and didn't really listen to metallica at all i think um or i heard greed you know um my own prison a human clay that album yeah so and then sometime later i came back to metallica and my best friend, for example, started with Reload. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, I, I get when people say, oh, this is not good. I get it. It's still good, but it's different from what they used to hear from them. Mm. 
it's just sad that uh, some people can't really accept the fact that some people like to do things differently they did before. Yeah. Well, even for the Black Album, they copped a lot of shit, I think, because that was, oh, yeah. a, that was a big change. Um, obviously, it was still insanely popular, but they still copped a lot of a lot of shit from it. Um, mm. But, you know, between the Black Album and Load, that was like five years, I think. You know, the Black Album was 91. Load was, I think, 96. You know, there's a lot of touring in between there, but that's a big mm. chunk of time. Um, mm. You know, grunge had sort of come and gone in that time and, um, you know, it was mid to late 90s and, um yeah, it was just just a different time, and and I think a big thing was that they cut their hair. I think that was a <laughs> that was a big thing as well. I don't I don't see this hair statement. Mm. Come on, <laughs> come on. Yeah, I don't have hair. I am bald. <laughs> yeah, but um, a lot of people also like to shame Bob Rock. Mm. What has Bob Rock something to do with it? He tried to guide them, yes, but what what made he different than before? In my opinion, Metallica never sounded better. Well, that's just my opinion. Bob Rock just knew how to make them sound good. Yeah, he just knew. I mean, besides Anger, this this is um, still a great album, but it was supposed to sound like that. Mm. They wanted it to sound like that. They wanted to sound like a uh, just a band, they just started and playing in a garage. This is complete obvious. Mm. And not a mistake at all. Maybe a snare. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> but Load, the Black Album, and Garage Inc. Mm. are probably the best produced albums Metallica ever had. Mm. Because of Bob Rock. Mm. Well, in my opinion, Oh, um, Mad Puppets is Fleming, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I think if Metallica didn't do the Black Album, you know, they could have been, it could have been potentially the end of them, you know. If they kept putting Maybe. out albums like Puppets and, and Justice for All and kept on that road, um, you know, maybe they wouldn't have survived that change in the musical landscape at that time or something. Maybe. I, I don't know. You know, they took a... Maybe. A gutsy turn went for the black album, and hey, that was still mm. really inspiring in terms of guitar playing and songwriting and everything. Mm. Like the the tour, like you know, on that tour they were on fire. They were just oh yeah. You, know, you watch some of those clips, man. They were just just pumping it out, and um, yeah, it wasn't the same as puppets or you know their earlier stuff, but it was still very guitar driven. Um, you know, and it, it probably probably saved their career and that's why they've got that sort of longevity now you know 40 years later mm, mm. maybe who knows i mean mm. like i said it's okay if an artist wants to do something different yeah. that's completely fine mm -hmm. but um um is it so wrong i mean even even bands like slayer and acdc i mean to the core they do the same music of course. Mm -hmm. But even in their career, there are certain records or certain songs that are not really what they did before. Even slight nuances could be different. 
Mm. So what is wrong with that? It's not it's not bad music. It's just different. Yeah. Same with Linkin Park. Mm. I mean, listen to the first two albums and then what happened after that? Or after after the third record? What happened mm. then? Oh, that's right. fine. <laughs> it's just if you're used to 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 listen to a band that you love so much and they do something you don't expect, this is the reason why I don't like it. I don't know. Well, I think they have to do it to survive survive sometimes and find their inspirational spark within themselves. And obviously Metallica had a lot more to give, you know, in terms of vocal harmonies and the songwriting and, you know, they slowed mm. everything down a little bit and um, they could do a little bit more and um so yeah i get i got into metallica during that era the black and the load reload era garage inc was a big one for me as well mm-hmm. um I, I like reload i think load is a bit stronger on its own as an album but then reload mm-hmm. has some really really good songs like uh devil's dance and oh, yeah. uh, fuel bad seed which i've seen you you play um what's that Excellent. low Low Man's Lyric, Fixer, yeah. And, you know, a lot of Metallica fans will say Fixer is potentially their most underrated song in their whole catalogue. I think out of these two records, I think um, there are three songs left for me to play or to cover. So Mama Said, it's Ronnie, and I think it's... Uh, I did Low Man's Lyric, okay. but just a short... Uh, just a short... Uh, Acoustic cover. Mm. Let me check. That's a really cool song, that. I really like what Hetfield brought to that and uh, could sort of see him doing some sort of acoustic-y country album in in that sort of sense, like Mama said as well. I don't think he'll ever do it, but that would be cool to see. No, Uh, I I did complete Reload. uh, It's just uh, these two songs from Load. Ronnie, which I'm excited about to do. Yeah. And Mama said. Both both well, Mama said I like Ronnie. It's probably not one of the best on that album for me, but you know, still part of the album. But and you know, another thing with that era was the the live thing, the live video that they put out, Cunning Stunts. Did you ever see Oh yeah? Watch? Yeah. That was um that was awesome. And the uh was it the Kill Ride medley that they did? Some kill mm-hmm. roll and some rod, you know that was that was sick. That we just watched that back to front, you know, over and over, growing up and um, countless times. Yeah. <laughs> so, times. so I guess we're here today to uh, talk about the new album, seventy two mm-hmm. seasons. So, um, did you get to the global premiere the night before mm-hmm. it was released? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we actually won tickets. So I pre-ordered the album and that put us in the draw to win a merch pack and two tickets to this global premiere. premiere and we actually awesome. won. <laughs> so uh, That's really cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was good to hear the album before most of the rest of the world and uh, mm-hmm. got a few T-shirts and a uh, couple of albums and the CD. So, yeah, that was that was really cool. And that same day that I... Found out that I won. I'd made contact with you and um, lined you up to come on. So it was a great day. It was awesome. Um, awesome. 
So, yeah, what was your... Obviously, we got a taste of a couple of singles before the album was released, but on that night of the global premiere, were there any songs on upon first listen that sort of stood out to you as, uh, as being a favourite? Mm. Not at the whole song except for Inamorata. Mm. Maybe. Um, it was just the first expression. I mean... For the people who who didn't went to the cinema for this global premiere, um, I, actually, I I like to listen to an album um, completely by my own, maybe headphones on, and just listen to the music. Mm-hmm. So this is a different scenario. I did it last year with uh, Rammstein, the album Zeit. They did the same thing. Um, so, beside the already existing official music videos, like uh, you know, Lux Eterna and the other three songs, um, we could see some official music videos they put out after that, and some of them were visualizers. So, you have, you are sometimes you were distracted yeah. of the music because of this video or the visualizers. Um, and at some point, I was sitting there in, in, in the seat, closing my eyes and just trying to listen to the music. Of course, there were certain riffs that stood out from the beginning, uh, like Shadows Follow. Um, and some moments where I think, Ooh, this is nice, I need to listen to this uh, closer when I have uh, when the album is published out. Mm-hmm. Um, but Inamorata was from the first moment to the last moment. It was really exciting. I really love this one. And other moments came the day after when I listened to it, or at that weekend when I listened to it a couple of times more. <clears throat> like, but yeah, Shadows Follow where from the first beginning is, I think, is the song that kept me in a morale definitely. And in Morata, it doesn't feel like 11 minutes. Not at all. No, it doesn't. Um, <clears throat> certain songs would work a little better if they weren't that long, mm-hmm. like 72 seasons. I think, not against Kirk. Uh, I mean, they decided to put it out this way. I think if you would cut out the first solo before the second verse, of seventy seasons, you have the the chorus, and then this uh, instrumental part. Then comes the the first solo, and then comes the beginning with the harmonics, da, 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 and it goes straight into the second verse. I think that if you cut out this first solo, I think the song would flow more. Mm-hmm. Would yes, it would flow more and would keep me more excited. It's not a bad song. I'm not saying this. I, th- I just think it would flow more. And this feeling I have a couple of times on the record, actually. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think, yeah, so just touching on 72 seasons, obviously sort of starts out with that motorhead sounding bass at the start. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think it's, you know, I think they've ordered the track listing pretty well 
Uh, and I think that was probably oh. the perfect opening for the album. Um, and it's actually like almost a minute 40 into that song before James even starts singing, um, which is what I it's always crazy. liked about, yeah, <laughs> you know, lots of music at the start there, which is cool, and it just builds up. And, you know, that's why I liked, you know, For Whom the Bell Tolls and songs like that that just had these massive intros that just, mm-hmm. you know, bounce from riff to riff. And um, so, yeah, that's why I like that song. Um, you're probably right about the solo and sort of various riffs here and there throughout the album. Maybe they could have been cut. Maybe they didn't need to be there. Um, but they're there. So I think for me during that global premiere, the song that stood out for me was um, uh, Crown Above Wire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just had a bit of a different vibe about it to the other songs. Some of the other songs on first listen sort of not sounded like each other, but nothing really stood out. Uh, but that one, there was something different about that one. And um, I was going to ask you, because you've sort of spent the week learning a lot of these songs, um, the, the riff of that, is that sort of like a, like a double stop but in standard tuning? You know, it's got that sort of not disjointed sound, but it's not a straight up power chord. It's like, um, yeah, like a, like almost like you're in drop D, but you're not, is that how they've sort of played that, that main riff? No, it's, it's just, it's just, uh, um, the extended power chord. Cause, um, I don't, um, I'm really bad at theory. Um, oh, is me, too. <laughs> me too. No good. Ground uh, pop wire. Yeah. Uh, just doesn't sound uh, like just this. just um before before I continue about the song, uh, I think um my buddy uh I don't know his real uh Giovanni, uh military metal on Instagram. Um he described it I think really good. If load and reload meet right lightning. Mm. I think it's uh it's partially fitting actually. And throughout the this whole Album, I think I hear elements from almost every album. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some solo parts remind me a lot of uh, the early beginnings in Kill 'Em All. Yep. Um, these um, fast, bluesy, pentatonic runs. Yeah. Some of them remind me a lot of Kill 'Em All. Um, some riffs. Um, <clears throat> um, there's uh, one part where I think it could. Not replaced, but it reminds me of um, the end of the line on Death Magnetic, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and some, I think, ooh, this could be like a dream no more of uh, hard, uh, um, hardware to self destruct, you know, mm-hmm. from uh, from this uh, from the speed to the uh, to the not the note selection, but because of the way the song vibes. Mm. Reminds me then to dream no more or say but true, you know, these uh, things that should be um this type of song. Yeah, I think like you talked about de- definitely uh, some of the mid-tempo songs give me a low this, sort of um, vibe. Wait, let me let, let's talk, let me check in the yeah. meantime. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, the regular power chord right here. Mm. but you add the lower note on the E string. Yeah, so like a double stop sort of. Yeah, okay. 
Yeah, that's what I thought it sounds like. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that song. Um, something about yeah, it. I like, just, I like just, it slow. It remind, a lot of moments remind me a lot of Black Sabbath. You can really hear the influence of Black Sabbath on this record. Yeah. To, uh, to Rob and um, um, James especially. Yeah, and um, I think, or the Motorhead section, like like mentioned before. Yeah, and I think they mentioned that, like in the interview parts mm-hmm. between all the songs. You know, they mentioned certain yeah. vibes, whether it was like a Thin Lizzy sort of vibe with some of that, the harmony dual guitar yeah. stuff, which is really yeah. cool on a couple of the songs. I reckon that's really, really awesome. Absolutely. Now, I thought, how are we going to tackle this? We could just have a general chat about the album, which we're kind of doing, or we could sort of take it track by track and do it that way. What do you think? Just sort You're of touch, you, you touch on each. Yeah. All right. It's well, <laughs> here it is there for anyone who, who maybe doesn't have it yet. 72 seasons. So this is uh, Metallica's 11th studio album, released on April 14th. Produced. Thank you. Thank you for saying this. It's the 11th studio album. Thank yep. you. Garage <laughs> Inc. is not a Metallica studio album. Just yep. because... They record it in the studio. It's not a Metallica album. That's right. <laughs> or SM1, SM2. Yep. Which I'm a big fan of, by the way, those two albums. Really, really cool. Sure. That's another, but that's another thing they. Albums. That's another thing they <laughs> cop shit for was the SM thing, wasn't it? The, especially the first one with the orchestra. Um, yeah, obviously. But um, you can really hear that they. There were, that there was something done afterwards. Mm-hmm. I didn't say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> so this was uh, produced by Greg Fiddleman, who also produced uh, Hardwired to Self-Destruct, um, and he has been a frequent collaborator of producer Rick Rubin. Uh, Greg Fiddleman has worked with bands like Slayer, Black Sabbath, Chili Peppers, Bush, Audio Slave, Manson, Slipknot, System of a Down, blah, 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 blah. Quite a list of uh, impressive acts there. So obviously we got a taste of this album, um, you know, with the first three singles. Now, I thought it was really cool how they just dropped Luxa Turner out of space, literally. There was no leaking. There was no hints of new music. It just dropped and it was a big surprise. So how they kept that under wraps, I don't know. But whoever, the whole Metallica crew, everyone, you know, it was just an amazing effort, especially for someone of that caliber. So, uh, yeah, oh, I yeah. that and was really cool. Also, especially in this day of age, that mm. not one person dropped the word. I mean, yep. we are... Uh, like what 20 years ago, this or 21, 22 years ago, this Napsa thing, mm-hmm. and uh, you didn't hear any word of uh, a Metallica song, album, maybe a tour, not a note, nothing. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's pretty remarkable, to be honest. Very, yeah, not even a sniff, um, nothing. No, nothing. <laughs> so, yeah, big credit to them for keeping that under wraps. It was a nice surprise. So, wh- when was that? That was like November, late November, I think. And then um, mm-hmm. a couple of other singles sort of trickled out 
over the next few months, one in January and one in uh, March, just not long ago. So, mm. um, yeah, personally for me, having listened to the album all week, I think the highlight for me or my favourite part of the album in general is James's voice, his vocals. Mm. Um, you know, for the for the age that he is, for the intensity and the grit still in his voice, uh, and he's always been an amazing vocalist. I don't know if he really gets the props that he deserves for that, you know. Um, people often concentrate on his right-picking hand and how good that is. And, you know, James is just a uh, all-round top-notch musician, to say the least. And um, I think vocally, yeah, on this album, he's just all over it. So that's probably my general favourite thing about the album. Um I'm not sure if Kirk really shines through on this album, maybe in some points. Uh, that's just just my opinion. Oh, agree. Agree yeah. on this one. I don't know if that's his fault or, uh, you know, what he had oh, to man. work. I, I have feel, a theory about this. Mm, I feel like he had has borders around him that he is only allowed to work within. Um, yeah, that's... Just my little opinion. It's nothing against Kirk or the band, but I just don't think he really jumps out the way he mm. potentially should in this album. Mm. Um, mm, you sort of agree? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with uh, James' voice. You you can you can really hear um, how he spit these lyrics out. Um, you can, well, I think you can hear the emotions he he uh, personally went through uh, after their last tour with him going into rehab. The, all the emotions. I don't know how how he is um, influenced still by the fact that he got. Uh, uh, or he is divorced now. And how is the relationship with his kids? But it's all personal life. It, it doesn't. It doesn't have to concern me. It's mm. it's not my life. It's his life. And I don't. And I don't care if he has a, a new girlfriend or whatever. It's his life. But these life experiences, and uh, with along with this shutdown, worldwide shutdown, like with the uh, corona. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you you can hear his frustration at some point. His his uh, his feelings, the way he spits out some lyrics, uh, the the grit in his voice, like you mentioned. I totally agree with this one, mm -hmm. and I agree with uh, with Kirk. I mean, um, there are, I don't know so many people bashing him. He's doing the same thing over and over again. Uh, he's not a good uh, guitar player. First of all, I agree with uh, Scott Ian when he says an uh, underappreciated or underrated rhythm player is Kirk Hammett. I mean, try to keep up with uh, with James's right hand. <laughs> yeah. After after playing forty years together, mm -hmm. in or almost forty years together, um, and he is doing like. The same, almost the same thing, down picking wise, like James. Yep. So, does it mean he's a bad guitar player? No. Hell no. I mean, he has he has a certain style, 
Of course, he used to play his solos differently than he did today, but then he is doing it today. It's also, like I said before, it's okay when a, when an artist tries new things. But I think even when he says he wants to serve the song, then he should deserve song better than he did, mm. which is my opinion. Um, some parts of the solos were song fitting, yeah. and some were like, mm, maybe he should have been guided a little bit more in a different direction to serve the song more. And it's not a critique on his playing; it's a critique on on the person who guided him, or maybe on his on his, uh, himself, that he thinks this is would be the best way to serve the song, which is, which I partially disagree. I think some of the songs could have been even better if the solo could have been better served. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Yes, you can hate this era, but listen to some solos of Load. The, 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 the solo in Bleeding Me fits perfect for the song. I was just thinking that, yeah. Bleeding me. You know, the solo, solo in uh, solo in Alter Torn. Mm-hmm. Amazing! It fits the song perfectly. King nothing. You can you can name King nothing. You can also name the Unforgiven. You can you could name the bluesest sections on the Black album. Sad but true. Um, uh, also struggle within. Yeah. These are solos that fit perfect the song. So, who was the guy who guided him to do it this way? Mm. Bob Rock. Sorry to mention it, it's Bob Rock. Mm. If you if you watch the uh, making of Death Magnetic and Hardwired, who was the guy that guided him to play a certain part this way? It's Lars. Mm. So maybe Lars wanted to hear Kirk play something like this to fit the song. Mm. I don't. I'm not saying it's completely Lars's fault. Mm. Not at all. It's just if you watch the making of. Who was who was there when Kirk recorded his solos? It's Kirk, Lars, and Greg. Mm. What of what we have seen? So, who was probably the guy that guided him? Lars. Yeah. Lars is perfect when it comes to, and this is his really strength, is to put pieces together, the song structure, and you. You have seen it thousands of times, and you could hear it on the demos and how they came on afterwards. Uh, Lars's real strength is the song structure, and you could have also seen it in the making of of Definitely and Hardwired when you come along with uh, small pieces where you say, "Hey, maybe try it this way," and you hear it in the song and you say, "Oh yeah, that really worked." Mm. Yeah. So. I mean the making Again, of the black um, album. Yeah. Um yeah, the making of the black album, you know, you watch that and you hear the solo that he came out with for The Unforgiven. Mm-hmm. And it was Bob Rock, wasn't it, that pushed him to mm-hmm. go back try again and what a solo. Um So it's not that Kirk can't play, not not at all and I don't think people should be bashing him. I just feel like he's been put in a little box. Um and not quite maybe being allowed to pay, play to his potential or maybe take some of the solos where we know he could take things. I mean, he's done some insane solos over the years, you know. Um, and, you know, the the load 
solos. They weren't insane solos, but they were really tasteful um, and they they really fit the song, but there was, there was a lot of character to them and I just don't think that's the case on this album. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's him to blame, uh, but I definitely wouldn't be bashing him. I don't think it's fair to bash him at all. I think, like I said, I think... Bob Rock would have guided him to do things a bit different. Yeah. To fit, to serve the song more. Yep. So the album kicks off with uh, 72 seasons, as we've sort of touched on already. Definitely a good intro to the album, in, in my opinion. Uh, with the Motorhead sort of sounding bass at the start. And it's just a good, good moving song. Could have been a little bit shorter, maybe, as you said. Maybe. But yeah, I guess you could probably say that a lot about a lot of Metallica songs. But again, you know? but again it's just a personal opinion, and it's not yeah. to bash no. uh, the their songs. No, no. Um, and I'm let's be honest. This is whining <laughs> on a really high point. You know what I mean? Mm. It's it's their music, and they have to be happy about it. But we can have different opinions, that's all. And as long as we can talk about it on a respectful level, yeah, which I don't see sometimes in certain forums mm. or on different uh, fan pages, mm. um, oh, you don't like that song? You know, <laughs> which is a really childish behavior. But again, it's their music and they have to be happy about it. And who knows? Maybe they do it a, a bit different when they play these songs live. Mm. Yeah. Who knows? We will see. I will see it next month. Oof, nice. Lucky you. I, th- I don't think Australia is on the map yet, and uh, we just missed out a few years ago because James, I think we were listed as a, they were meant to come down, and then James had to go into rehab. So, mm-hmm. But I'm sure we'll see them, you know, in the next couple of years. So. I'll definitely mm-hmm. be there. But, you know, for me, like, no, this isn't my favourite Metallica album. Um, but I'm just glad Metallica is still making music and they're still touring. I'm just grateful for that. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're going to look at anything they put out, you know, pretty closely because we love this band. And when Metallica mm-hmm. release an album, it's a big deal. And, uh, you know, we're going to be critical, but... It doesn't have to be negative, sort of critical, you know. Um, still going to do it with respect, and I'm just glad, like I said, they're still putting out music. So, um, mm. but but yeah, this album's been a lot to try and ingest in a week, you know, because we sort of gave ourselves a week of listening to the album before we jumped on tonight, and in hindsight, it probably wasn't enough because there's a lot to take in with this album. Um, but I also wanted to get this episode out, you know, close to the release of the album. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So track number two is uh, Shadows Follow, which has actually become one of my favourites on the album. Um, yeah, so it's strong. Yeah. I like the drive behind it from last from yeah. playing, the way he plays drums on this one, the beat. There's a strive to it, which I really love, which reminds me it's a bit faster than, like, say, uh, Of Wolf and Man, but it has a strive. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, 
um, like you have with um, almost a lot of Rammstein songs, for example, there's this, the, the drums are like a, like a march, you know what I mean? Yeah. So Maybe. it has a, it has a strive, which keeps you constantly head nodding. You know? Yeah, that's great. And then it comes the guitar to it. And on top of this, these vocals, the way James did it, just a great song. It's just a great song. Would you say it's like kind of like struggle within? Kind of got that marchy struggle within. A bit slower, but yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, well, Hetfield during that premiere thing, I think he said, you know, think Ramones. You know, it's very mm -hmm, stabby mm -hmm. and um, yeah. lots of lots of down picking, which is uh, which is cool. And I think he said it was sort of you know about your dark side, sort of following following you around. You know, wherever you are on the planet and stuff like that. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, again, I think oh, there's a couple of songs but like this, but, you know, in the middle there, it sort of slows down, I think, to almost like a half speed or a half time sort of tempo, which is really cool. A nice change in the song. Um, yeah, it's sort of really grown on me, this song, actually. I didn't, didn't pick it in the first few listens, but um, in the last couple of oh, days, yeah. it's really... Oh, right. Right um, when I heard it in the cinema, yeah, exactly. Then this drive, I love this drive of it, and I really hope they play the song live too. Yeah, I want to stand yeah. there. <laughs> It'll be yes. interesting, constantly. Yes, <laughs> it will be interesting to see which ones do make it into the live sets. Maybe that's why they're doing. I don't know if they're going to do this in Germany, but are they doing two nights, two totally different sets? Yeah, mm -hmm. okay. and also yeah. two different uh, support acts. Uh, who, who uh, um, in uh, I will see them uh, end of May in Hamburg yeah. with uh, Architects Mammoth yeah. and um, was it Ice Nine Kills and Five Feet Death Punch definitely mm. I think it was Ice Nine Kills I have to check it real quick yeah. let's keep talking that's pretty cool I'd, I'd really love to see Mammoth actually I'd quite enjoy following Wolfgang. He's um, become quite an interesting person to follow and really get into his music. And uh, I saw him at the, the Taylor Hawkins tribute thing. I thought he did a great job playing those Van Halen songs. <laughs> He's probably got it in his blood, obviously, but um, it still take a lot of work to get those songs up to the standard on guitar that he had them. Uh, I thought that was really cool. So... Uh, yeah, that'd be a good one to see. They've had some big support it's, slots, actually, Mammoth, haven't they? Like, they supported Guns as well, Guns N' Roses. Oh, I'm going to see them as well in Frankfurt. Yeah. Yes, it's uh, Iceland Kills. Hmm. Friday, it's Architects and Mammoth. And then on Sunday, Five Death Punch and Iceland Kills. And Five Finger Death Punch was also the support act last year of their tour. Hmm. I saw Metallica in Prague. And they were there as well, along with the Steel Panther and two other bands. I think a band from Ukraine and uh, um, the second support act. Oh, what's the name of them? It was really cool. The son of um, Slash is playing guitar in that band. So, oh, the the. The drummer? No, no, no. He, uh, I think Slash's son was playing guitar as well. Oh. Um, what is a band called? Skate Productions. 
scale, I think it's scale productions. I have to check that. Uh, I know his his son London plays drums uh, in a in a band. I'm not sure what the band's name is. I can't remember. And his other son, what's his name? Cash. London's actually. I'm gonna really, check it. Let's 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 keep talking. He's a really good drummer. <laughs> yeah, he's really he's got maybe a, maybe he, maybe it's it's a drummer. I th- I thought uh, I was reading that his son is playing guitar as well. Maybe he does. Who knows? Mm. So uh, track three, which was the second single, I think, uh, "Screaming Suicide." Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you think of that one? It's a banger for sure. Yeah. Um, I really like this. This It has this, um, like, like a through the never vibe. Yeah. You know this this little section. Um, but also it has it has this drive which I really love in these Metallica songs. You know. It's really fun to play. Yeah, that's a. I don't have any critique, so to speak, uh, on these songs, and it's just uh, here and there some production issues, and uh, well, not issues. I think production is here and there um, not as good as they could be, mm. um, and it's just serving Kirk solo for the song. So how's That's a great riff? song. Yeah, it is a good song. Is the riff, because uh, it kind of reminded me Kill Em All sort of era, maybe? Like, is it got the sort of, this? is the main riff sort of, you know, double stops on the, the D and the G string, sort of like, or is it sort of the off the top of your head, you know, like some of the ones on, on Kill Em All? Or is it sort of on the A and the D string, sort of double stops sort of thing? You mean this? Uh, <laughs> That's my theory. Yeah. Wait. I mean, you could do it as a, as a band. So, what strings are you on there? The D and the G. It's a, 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 a and D. A and the D. Okay. Yeah. And then either a slide. I think uh, they play with a with a band. Yeah. Which is then not difficult, but a bit tricky because when you bend two strings with uh, two different fingers, mm. um, especially the uh, D uh, and G, they have a different uh, feel to it. So you want to have the bend exact the same, but like uh, octaves. Yeah. So it's a it's a bit tricky to get the bend right. Okay. Hmm. Well, Kirk said uh, had like a new wave of British metal. Uh, sorry, new wave of British heavy metal sort of type of vibe to it during that premiere we went to. Um, and also, both Kirk and Rob complimented James's vocal melody as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, what actually the bit I like in that song also is. I guess towards the end where James does sort of like the speaking words voice, you know, because he's got such a cool yeah. voice, James. You know, his speaking voice is, is really cool and he sort of does a bit of a speaking verse in there, I think. 
which is mm. really cool. But uh, yeah, good song. You know, nice and fast and driving, as you said. Uh, what do we got? Number four, sleep walk. Sorry, sleep walk my life away. Uh, who kicks? I think that's Rob and Lars that kick that song off. Bit of a mid-tempo song. Maybe could have been on the load or reload album. Maybe, 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 maybe. Um, yes, there are a lot of parts actually which um, could be related to load, reload, Um I think that their theme, so to speak, is really strong. Um, with the death magnetic and hardwired, especially hardwired. Mm-hmm. Um, as I mean, you could say that some things were it feels like a B side of hardwired, you know, mm-hmm. like a lot of people say, uh, real earth, real earth is just a B side of load. And I mean, yes, they were almost written at the same time. Um, but then, like I said before, a lot of these these songs um, remind me of different eras of Metallica. So mm. the funny thing is, a friend of mine on Instagram, uh, Nemet, um, he pointed something out on the making of Hardwired. And I think it is the video of the song Hardwired, where Lars, it's... Um, Lars walks from his drum set to the camera and there's just a tiny little snippet, not even a second, but just, or maybe a second. You can hear James play the intro of Luxy Turner. Mm. So maybe these riffs, riff, uh, riffs, uh, these riffs live for a couple of years now, yeah. but they hadn't had the chance to put them into different songs. Mm-hmm. So who who really knows how old these riffs really are? Mm. Well, a ja- yeah, tiny hint. Yeah, well, Saint Electric he... is the, by the way the band is called Saint Electric. Okay, They're pretty cool. Much more hard rocky, and I think this is the band where Slash of Sun is playing an instrument, <laughs> either drums or guitar. I think it's guitar. Mm, okay. Uh, oh, there was a lyric. I think it was one of the later songs. I think if darkness had a sun, here I am. Uh, James was saying, you know, he'd had that lyric in his phone for for quite a while and just hadn't mm-hmm. found a song for it. So, I mean, I'm sure they got, you know, riffs <laughs> lying around everywhere from, you know, years gone by that haven't been used. And, I mean, I've got plenty of riffs, <laughs> let alone James and, and Kirk. I'm sure they got tons. Uh, mm. didn't, didn't Kirk lose his phone a few years ago, which had tons mm-hmm. of riffs on it? Yeah. Yeah, that was for Hardwired. Oh, man. I always think of that. Yeah, <laughs> it really does. <laughs> oh, I'd be devastated. Oh, did you see the last video they did? They, uh, I think they achieved some sort of award and uh, – Rob gives the James this uh, uh, plaque uh, luggage, I should say. <laughs> what, James is asking, what is it? And Kirk says, it's my phone. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. My phone. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, you'd be devastated. Absolutely devastated. <laughs> uh, track five, you must burn. So... I like that one. Yeah, that's that's really grown on me too, that one, actually. Uh, heavy ah, riff. A lot yep. of people bash Avenged Sevenfold for uh, playing sad but true. Right. You must burn is actually like sad but true. Dead. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Didn't think of that. Yeah, it's got that mid-tempo sort of thing, but really heavy sort oh, of. Yeah, yeah. Um, you must burn. Yeah. It's really cool. I really like that. Um, I thought it was just Kirk playing it, but I realized it's, I think they're both playing it together, that that riff in the song. I did that song yesterday, yes. Are they both playing that? It's, I think they are. Yes, Kirk, Kirk is, uh, is doing um, the high octave, I think. Right, yeah. And then... It's you also could the, see it in the video. Oh, okay. Got the wah in it after the solo. They sort of add some wah to it. But, yeah, that's... Of course. That, I really like that little... It's really effective. Um, and I think Hetfield does some spoken words again in that, like with some sort of eerie guitars in the middle there. Uh, and it's like... Actually, probably one of Kirk's best solos on the album, I think. Could be. Yeah. I need, I mean, like, like I said before, there are a lot of people uh, on different places talking about this album. And I cannot say after a week mm. because this also might change from for all the songs almost on a daily or weekly basis. Uh, what song I love now is could be different tomorrow or next week. Yep. So even even after listening to this album for almost a week straight, yes, of course, certain songs are up there, like In a Morale mm. uh, and uh, Shadows Follow. But the rest of the songs, they change over time. For me, this is also an, an a mood decision at the moment. So, and I cannot understand why people want to rank the album after a week in their complete list of albums. Oh, <laughs> the season is, uh, I don't know, uh, eighth position out of 11. And they're bashing them as why? Mm. I mean, a lot of these people didn't realize how good load and reload are compared to the other stuff. Or a lot of people after 20 years um, have a different opinion on St. Anger mm. now because they went through a different life experience through these 20 years. Yeah. And so they have a different connection to this record. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. even after a week of listening to this new album straight, I still have my moments where I think, ooh, I like that one now. Mm. Then listening to it yesterday or day before yesterday so it's yeah. really different yeah like i said a week actually wasn't enough to ingest this album properly and i was sort of forcing it down my own throat you know for the whole week just trying mm. to get familiar with it but it just mm -hmm. it was very hard so i had to make some notes on each song just to sort of help make it stick because yeah it's a lot to take in um it is it is yeah so 
But um, yeah, you're right about some anger. Like that's about that'll be about twenty years this year, won't it? Twenty, I think two thousand three. It was released. Yes, it's uh, June two thousand three. Yeah, so twenty years. Wow. I actually haven't listened to that for quite a while. I still listen to it. Uh, uh, My world, uh, purify, uh, the unknown feeling. Ooh, fr- what a bang. frantic. Oh, um, I prefer the other ones. Mm. Um, or all within my hands. Oh, oh yeah. I did that one. I mean, people bashing this album, but try to play these songs. <laughs> yeah, right. Did um, I mean, all within my hands, down picked. Jesus, <laughs> my um, <laughs> am I remembering correctly that this album came with? Like a DVD making of the album. Yes, I've got it. I've yes, got it downstairs. Yes, because, uh, yeah, because Rob wasn't part of the uh, record by itself. So, uh, well, it is said that they decided it, that they decided to do some sort of live DVD, which includes Rob. Oh yeah, in the um in their rehearsal room, yeah. Mm-hmm, in the HQ. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. I'll have to go back and watch that actually because. I haven't touched. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I liked also, it at the Lars time. Lars is punishing these drums really bad. Mm. Mm. Well, you know, as much as people bag it, like they still talk about it. So it's not like it just got lost in history. Yeah. Everyone's forgotten about it. They, you know, they still talk about it. But I always thought the video for Sananga was really cool. That is. That's true. Yeah. An interesting time of Hetfield's life, and I guess. People, yeah, in general, for Metallica by for themselves. I mean, for Metallica, is yeah. it's a complete different time, and people seem to forget. Without this Metallica era, you know, with Jason leaving and they t- talking in this uh, therapy uh, therapy sessions, Metallica wouldn't exist today. Yeah. I mean, for other people, Metallica still don't exist after Cliff died, which is, <laughs> yeah, we don't talk yeah. about this. Yeah. Um, but without this, uh, what happened in their lives, and Metallica wouldn't exist today We as the way we know Metallica. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's, um, people seem to forget this. Like I said, I'm just grateful Metallica is still putting out music Absolutely. and playing live and to a high standard as well, you know. And, you know, all those, the Load album, Black, St. Anger, the therapy stuff, it's all part of their, their mm-hmm. journey. And um, I, I've said it before, like I think to my, to my girlfriend and stuff, like I actually really look forward to the day and I hope it happens that James Hetfield puts out an autobiography because I, I find him actually really fascinating, you know, because he, he's kind of a private guy so we don't hear everything about him and I just think he's there's something really fascinating about him and um, I think well, if he ever decided to do that, it would be really, really interesting. You know, I don't want to know everything personal about him you know, like you were saying before, his relationships and stuff like that's none of our business. And if he choose to sh- chooses to share that, well, fine. But I just, the creative person in him, I think is really fascinating. It's somewhere he did. Mm. 
I mean, read through his lyrics in some way. He already oh, yeah. Did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, The God Had Failed. Um, Dire's Eve. Yeah. A lot of these lyrics uh, were written around his personal experience. Mm. So in some way or another, he already put out, like, an autobiography. Yeah. Which is why so many people can relate to his lyrics. Yeah. But yes, I, I still kind of agree. It would be interesting to read. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, track six, Lux Eterna. Uh, the, first, the first penny to drop from the album. Uh, like we said, dropped out of nowhere and uh, bang, there's a new Metallica song and a new album on the way. Um, it's probably a good choice for the first song to drop i think um i also think so i mean it it, uh, it has that aha effect mm. and so oh they're still playing fast so yeah, yeah. um eric solo is good in this one actually I, really, yeah. I i like that one um and also it's uh, it's uh Different than what he used to do. Mm. Still, still Kirk. Yeah. Which which is good and, and it's awesome to play live. And when the song dropped, we um, we in our band we talked about it as hey, that might be a cool song to do live as well. So um, I think um, we did the song at our next show after the song was released. Cool. It was quick to learn, to be honest. And um, it's not really, it's not difficult. It's just fun to play. Yeah. Obviously, it's got sort of big vocals from James, you know, how he sings Lux Turner in the chorus there. Uh, Again, a big compliment to James's voice, you know, at his age. And he's not quite 60 or has he just hit 60? He's pretty close to it, isn't he? I think. He's close to 60. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, born at born at sixty three August sixty three. So be sixty this year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What a legend. Um, and Still doing strong. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, when this song dropped, I think a lot of people were questioning Lars's drums, <laughs> whether he actually played these drums or not. You know, the sort of strong double kick sort of pattern. Um, oh. Well, he already proved he can do it. Yep. Yep. Uh, the uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched a couple of those. That was that was good. So, uh, track seven, "Crown of Barbed Wire." As I said before, probably maybe my favorite off the album at this stage. But like you said, you know that changes daily, and we're only a week into mm-hmm. its release. So, but that sort of jumped out at me. Um, I just found it really interesting and. Yeah, James's vocals, just really, really cool. Um, also, in the chorus, the way he sings... Do you listen to Alice in Chains? Are you an Alice in Chains fan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah. way he's... Yeah, yeah. To- I, I told that to my girlfriend when we went to the, to the premiere. So, hey, man, this sounds like it could have been by Alice in Chains or Pearl Jam. Yeah. Well, the way James sings Wire, listen to it. Next time, let me know what you think. Mm. Uh, in the chorus, the way he sort of sings wire and sort of 
drags it out, really sounds kind of Lane Staley-ish, just in my mm-hmm. head, which I thought was really cool. Uh, and, um, yeah, it's really, really strong song, I think. It is. It is. Mm. Yeah, and so, so many, so many different moments where you can think is a, like, a, like I said a couple of minutes ago, it's a, this sounds like crunch. <laughs> mm. Like, like Soundgarden or even, yeah, you know, Soundgarden, especially Chris Cornell, the way he sings or, uh, yeah, you, you name it, Alice Chains is a, yeah, there's a bit of crunch in it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, you know, all those bands had different influences, you know, Black Sabbath and, you know, some of the punk stuff and, you know, Metallica mm-hmm. as well. And you just all... really hear all the influences they had, uh, mm-hmm. When they started out, yep, it's all all good music. It's all just really good music. So, absolutely. Number eight, chasing light. Um, yeah, what's this song? Uh, oh yeah, James sort of pushes his vocals in the in the chorus. Wait, I need uh, I need to chase to that light. Lean on me. That one, pretty cool song actually. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Love it. Yeah, that's really cool. I love yeah. that one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good song. It is. The next song is, if Dr. Zedda's song, is probably my biggest critique to uh, production. Okay. Yeah, it's because of the snare. Ah, oh. through the whole song? No, oh. just the beginning, mainly. Oh. I mean, the song is great. I really like this. I really like that. Yeah. Um, I really like this. And I, I, I'm i so looking forward to it. Like, uh, I think it was James. Um when he uh, said, as a, this is a live song for sure. Yeah. And, and I can't wait when they play the song live and the crowd is, is shouting. Tur, tur, tur. Yeah. I'm yeah. really looking forward to this one yeah. and see the people banging straight away. But production wise, this is probably, in my opinion, the weakest point oh. the snare drum, the snare and the hi hat. This this snare sounds like it is computer generated. It sounds so much like a sample, like a bad sample, mm. like a like a drum machine from I don't know middle age. Ooh, okay, I'll have to check that out after this episode because this is actually one of my favorites of the album. I think um, it's not it's not about the song; it's about the production. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think- uh, you have this trend like uh, already on uh, Hardwired, this uh, high boosted bass drum, like mm-hmm. 10k. Um, you have the same here on this album, and the snare is, yeah, different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I much prefer a, a, a more natural sounding snare, but what is more natural sounding? How do you make an aluminium snare more natural sounding? Mm. A metal snare, more natural sounding. I prefer um, the Belper snare he used f- uh, 
since the Black Album upwards to uh, Garage Inc. Mm-hmm. Or even Sananga. Well, Sananga is not his name. Um, <laughs> but up to Garage Inc. And he even used this on uh, SM Live, the first one. And at some point, he changed to the aluminum snare, but the bell press snare has a different vibe to it, a different flare. And um, it fitted more for me, Metallica. But this snare, maybe it sounds better to this n- newer Metallica sound with this mm. more higher mid-frequency sounding guitars. Mm. And so they tried to uh, fill the EQ section of uh, every instrument a different way. So you can really differentiate the the, ba- the bass drum and the bass. The bass is sounding real strong on this album. Yeah. So the ba- uh, Rob's bass is prominent in the mix than it was before. Yeah. Like like on Hardware or like on uh, Death Magnetic. Mm. Um, so you can hear the snare, you can hear obviously the snare and the hi-hat really loud. You really hear the drums in general loud in the mix. Uh, sometimes I have to feel that the guitars are not so prominent in the mix mm-hmm. like they used to, but they have a different EQ like the head. You know, it's more this higher mid-frequency. And I wished throughout this whole album the guitars would have been a bit more acute differently, a bit more low end to it. So they push a bit more. This is what I used to hear on the Metallica sound, on the Metallica record, up to uh, excluded Death Metallic. But up to that point, the guitars were a bit more low end. And I missed that feel, hearing. I, I that- missed this more 3D sound of guitar. Is that where they started that with the Black Album, would you say? No, Black Album was really prominent, actually. Um, Load is really 3D sounding. Maybe it's also... Um, maybe it happened during mastering. Mm. I mean, we were not prominent while they were recording in the studio. Mm. Maybe it sounded in the studio different, or I, I don't like the word better in that case. But a lot of can go wrong in during mastering. Yeah. Wrong. Whatever wrong means. Mm. I just I I feel the guitars could have a bit more low end to it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's it's because of the tuning because they are an E standard the whole time. No. I think it's because of um, EQing and mastering. Mm-hmm. Mm. But again, who who produces record? Well, like you said, it will sound different live as well. You know, obviously. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they stack up. You know, amongst their other songs. You know like Master of Puppets and that sort of thing. So, mm. Um, mm, interesting. But yeah, I'll have to go back and listen to that snare. <laughs> it's probably going to stand out to me now. <laughs> oh, listen to it on head with headphones on. It's a, oh, no. <laughs> I mean, the, the song is great, but the first, uh, 
the first hits of the snare is like, oh god, it's computer generated. <laughs> Track ten, too far gone. Uh, again, this too one's yeah, I like this one. It's a really good song, and there's this one part. I think it's in the chorus that gives me. Reminders of Garage Inc. I don't know why. I think it might be that song, Last Caress. You know, it's not their song, but it could be just a speed thing or a little melody thing, just a little bit there that gives, you know, it only takes a split second of a song to remind you of something else. Um, yeah, so it just reminded me of Garage Inc. a little bit. But uh, And again, they go for the, the dual harmony guitars towards the end, I think, in this song, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah, cool. Really cool song. Really strong song, and not not a lot of fat to it, you know. I mean, this album is better produced than it, uh, Hardwired, I think. Yeah, and of course, way better than Death Magnetic. Death Magnetic is wow. <laughs> it's uh, too loud, actually. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty uh, abrasive, isn't it? Pretty in your face, mm. which. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I think James's but vocals is better produced on this album, and that's probably. But why it's this... overall, it's overall great. Definitely, it's overall from from the first note to the last note. It's like it is ordered perfectly. This is my biggest critique, or my biggest weak point on Hardwired. It's the the tracklist list of the songs. It's almost like, yeah, first CD is great, second CD is uh, B, and then Spit Out the Bone is, yes, could have been on the A side. The track listing is not as good as it is on Death Magnetic. Mm. And I think this one is, the track listing on this one is really good. Yep. And uh, yeah. Room of Mirrors, track 11. Uh... Room of Mirrors. Yeah, it's kind of got that uh, offbeat sort of riff at the start, or for the intro and the verses, it's a little bit, a little bit odd, but kind of cool. I like this one. I like this this. Um, it, it takes me to a different place, actually. Mm. I like that one. Yeah, but it, but then this this main riff comes in. It's like. Oh, this is Lots of Summer. <laughs> like a different version of Lots, Lots of Summer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, to finish off the album, um, Metallica's longest song ever, I think they said. Um, yes. And one of your favorites off the album. In a Murata. In a Murata. Yeah. I, I did the cover and I, the way the notes ring and sound is so who the song is tuned low and i and i took out the baritone which is in c sharp standard which i mentioned before and I, oh oh yeah that works oh yeah mm. this is so sabbath this is so massive of reality mm. or uh volume four i think volume fours are also a lot of it in the this tuning and C sharp standard, and oh yeah, this feels like C sharp standard. And I did it. The notes were right. And then was and then someone talked to me and said, "Hey, I think the song is an E standard." What? Mm. 
And then I, I checked it out. And yeah, I think my original thought is wrong. I mean, it works in C-sharp standard, yeah. but it also works in E-standard. And so mm. I, I recall it both uh, tunings and E-standard sounded more right that it so it might be really e standard mm. but c sharp standard works as well okay because you can add uh when you when you stop the song you, just, you know um when you add the low c sharp to it and add the bass to it you have this huge mass of sound mm. and this is so sabbath but again that e standard seems to work better or or uh maybe e standard is the tuning they choose to record this this album uh, the mm. song sorry not the sound the song which seems to be obvious because all all other songs are also in the e standard so yeah so is so most maybe of... i was wrong yeah well if it works it works but is most exactly. of the album in standard e most of the so- most mm-hmm. of the album is mm-hmm. yeah 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 okay uh uh death and is an e except for all night long which is in oh, drop d yeah part white is an e except for a uh, dream no more which is d yeah and they played i think in c sharp life like the thing it should not be and i think and if Inamorata is really recorded in E, then the, the whole album is recorded in E standard. Mm. Which might be true. Yeah. 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 That's it's a great a... song. It doesn't feel like 11 minutes. I was yep. sitting in this in the, in the cinema reading this premiere and, this, and when it was always like, what? This mm. felt like three minutes. Yeah. It's, Crazy, but it's an awesome song, and I, uh, I really love this um, the space, space. When Rob played his part, mm. the only critique I have on this song is last hi hat. <laughs> it's too <laughs> prominent when uh, Rob is playing his bass part. Um, other than that, it's a great song. Mm. Also, the double harmony, it's just so good. So yeah. good. Yeah, it definitely doesn't feel that long. I remember that on the night of the, the premiere, by this mm. stage of the night, I really had to pee, but I didn't want to walk out. And when they said this was their longest song ever, that's the last thing I wanted to hear because my bladder was ready to ready to go. But um, yeah, lucky for me, it didn't didn't feel that long and I, I made it to the toilet after the show. <laughs> but uh, yeah, quite an epic song. One song that, because Outlaw Torn is quite a long song, I think it just falls under 10 minutes. Um, initially, I wasn't really into that song. Well, the, 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 uh, the original published version is almost 10 minutes. Yeah. There's a different version, with, uh, which is a bit longer. Well, it was when I saw them play that live. Can't remember where it oh. was. That's when I actually fell in love with the song, and now it's up there with one of my favorite Metallica songs. I think you know, just, it is, it's such a good it song. Is. Uh, it is, 
Didn't they do it on SNM two? I think. Let me check. I'm pretty sure they, they did it on SNM one, definitely. You know, oh, probably on SNM two as well. Oh yeah. Let's have a look. There wasn't uh, such a big difference between SNM one and SNM two, beside the songs added from Hardwired. Yeah. Oh yeah, they did it on one. Did they do it on two? I think so. Like No Leaf Clover in a um, different version of No Leaf Clover. They didn't play Battery, I think, on SNM2. Uh, yeah, Outlaw Torn, yep. So they did it on both. Uh, Just bang on their first edition of SNM1. And no, yeah, you're right, no Battery on 2. Oh, they did Unforgiven 3 on 2, which mm-hmm. is cool. I always yeah, liked James, that song. James, James was just singing on this one. Mm. I think I'll have to go back and watch 2 again because I I got pretty familiar with 1, but 2 I didn't give much of a much of a go. Really? So, yeah, Are I you, don't know. You mean, you mean SNM 2 or Unforgiven 2? Uh, SNM 2. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Unforgiven 2 was, I think I had the CD single for that. I really loved that song. And it had a couple mm. of bonus live tracks on it from memory. Uh, Helpless. Also not, it's also not easy to play. Oh, okay. I haven't tried. Mm. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll check out your profile and uh, learn from yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I guess we better aim to wrap this one up. We're almost uh, at two hours, I think. Yep, almost no. two hours. Um, okay. Just a general, have you sort of got a favourite Metallica album, you know, that uh, has a more special place in your heart than maybe others for whatever reason or just simply for the guitar work in general? Um, yeah, would you have a favourite? I mean, this also changes, but... yeah. Um, the Metallica record that is always high on my list is the Black Album because it opened the door for Metallica for me. Mm. For, I guess, the majority of people today, um, it's probably the Black Album. Um, the Yeah. This showed me the world of Metallica. And then I went back of their catalog with Just Fall Puppets, Lightning Kill Em All. And I love these as well. Mm-hmm. But without a Black Album, I wouldn't know these records. So, um, or may- maybe I would, but because of the Black Album, I discovered Metallica. Mm-hmm. And because of that album, I am the fan I am today. So, it is and always will be the Black Album, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then it changes. Sometimes it is puppets, then it is load. Um, but it's more up to load than it is after load. I mean, yes, I love Death Magnetic. I have some problems, problems with the production. But overall, it's an awesome album mm. there's a lot of a lot of riffs a lot of songs um that are not so easy to play mm. yeah. um 
it's like a lot of um, uh, like on puppets and justice for all. It's not about the uh, the roofs by itself. Sometimes yes, but mostly it is the endurance of your picking hand. Mm. Like that was just a life. Play the song slower, like puppets and battery. Mm. You get along, but it's the speed. So you have to have a, a good endurance of your right hand, um, of your picking hand, I should say. Not everyone is a right hand. Um, endurance is a key factor in uh, during a lot of these songs. Um, which is also what is the diff most difficult Metallica riff? Most of the time, it's not even the fast one. Because what makes it so diffi difficult is speed, so the endurance. Sometimes a song that is more mid-tempo is actually technically difficult, more difficult to play than a faster one. Mm. Also, you have to have a certain kind of flow and feel uh, and groove to play these songs. Uh, Devil's Dance, for example. You have to have this flow. This is this completely different flow than something more staccato. Mm. Like not bashing the song, but just for example, like uh, the, the the breakdown part in uh, Domination Pantera. This is really tight. And a riff like uh, Devil's Dance. It's completely different. Yeah, it's more Sabbath feel, and this is a lot about groove, different groove. Mm. So, yeah, come back to your question. <laughs> Sorry, no, <laughs> talking too much. It's uh, yes, it's uh, I think always and always will be the Black Album because it opened the door for me for Metallica. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I probably can't even answer my own question, but I think kind of what you said and it could be mm. you know a generational thing you know that's just where we came into metallica and what opened that mm. door to them whereas people growing up in the 80s i mean i was born in 83 but you know i wasn't aware of uh music until i was at least 10 or 11 so you know it was just whatever my parents were playing um so i didn't mm. know metallica at that time even though they were releasing albums obviously but uh you know, if you were a teenager in the 80s and that sort of thing, that's where you would have been introduced to Metallica mm. and all these sort of bands uh, as they were doing that thrash thing. Uh, mm. So, yeah, I think I think you're right, you know. Yeah, Load and Black opened up the door to me to go backwards to those albums and you're probably right without Load and Black may not have discovered the older albums. I don't know. Um but very significant in our discovery of them being the age that we yeah. are. So, yeah. and yeah, I think everything up until Reload, Garage Inc., if you want to chuck that in there as well. But, um, and now I'm just glad that they're still releasing music, but. Um, yes, yeah. I mean, they could, they could play shows over and over again they could make a tour of a tour like uh yes this is our last tour and two years later they're still in like other famous bands um but yes i'm i'm really happy that they put out another record 
I was talking to to my friend Namit on Instagram, and he said, "Do you think uh, there will be another?" Album? I was completely wrong. I thought there will be no another Metallica album, even though they said it won't take eight years, well, seven years in, um, or six years in new Metallica album. I really thought it was all oh, because of Corona. They James moved away to Colorado. Uh, the other boys are more on uh, the Bay Area, beside Kirk, who's also in Hawaii. Mm. With what happened in James's personal life, uh, who, what, what's next? So mm. I'm really happy that they put out another album that they're doing this tour. Um, that they still have the uh, the drive to do music. Yeah, and it doesn't matter if it's good music for this person or the bad the bad music for this person. I don't care for this one. It just shows. I don't. I don't think. I mean, Jason said it. We could have stopped making music money-wise after the day the Black Album came out, mm-hmm. and it's true. Yeah. So it shows that they are really, and I think this is this is really my opinion. I think they do it really because they want to do create music. Yeah. So I'm really happy. Even though I have my problems production-wise, who cares? Mm. It's new music, and we should cherish instead of instead of bash it in yeah. some way or another. And to still play their all their songs to the standard that, that they're playing them live. Exactly, you know, it's not easy to play that shit. You know, it takes me oh. ages to mm. to try and learn and get up to speed, and I I still can't mm. with a lot of the older stuff. You know, I'm getting there, yeah, but I'm I'm not there, and um, it's just incredible stuff. You know, it's not just power chords and chords and simple stuff. You know, they're they're really chugging along, and uh, mm. f- for two and a half hours, three three hours, you know, show is just massive. So. Um, yeah, they've always blown my mind, and um, they still they still do. So, very grateful for them, yeah. and they've been a big inspiration to me, and obviously to you, and to so many people around the world learning guitar at no matter what age we are. You know, yeah. So yeah. grateful, yeah, very grateful. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Will you see them uh, anywhere? Uh, well, apparently Australia is not on the schedule yet, but. Hetfield said we will be eventually, so it might be a couple of years. So uh, we'll keep an eye out. But uh, we saw Megadeth and In Flames last month, which was really cool. That was my first time seeing Megadeth. Um, Mm -hmm. Dave Mustaine in the flesh. So I was never as a bigger fan of Megadeth as I am. Also not easy to play. (laughs) Yeah. Also not easy to play. Yep. Yeah, and they. Dave Mustaine is an awesome reporter. Yeah, they were awesome. They were really good. Uh, sick drummer, sick lead guitarist, mm-hmm. and of course Dave. And uh, yeah, so they were, they were really good. Really good to see. I was glad I went. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, quite a, quite a thing seeing Dave in the flesh. You know, just goes way back to those early Metallica days, and yeah, it's mm-hmm. just a just a massive heavy metal story it's awesome so um, yeah so 
Well, maybe we should wrap it up. What do you think? Okay. Oh, we could go on if you want to. <laughs> we could. It depends on you. <laughs> yeah. But I think, uh, I mean, for me, it's, it's it's now 1 p.m. So I think you're almost at uh, 9 p.m. maybe. Yeah, quarter past nine. So just after. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the album there. Uh, 72 seasons. Uh, I highly recommend checking it out. Uh, as I'm sure you do as well, Jörg, um, probably needs a little bit more time to digest, you know. So Absolutely. Um, it's a massive album. I think it is. What's the running time? Like 77 minutes, I think Lars said, or maybe even more than I, that, actually. I think it was 77, yeah. Yeah, something like that. So, you know, it's a big album, uh, as you would expect from Metallica. So give it time, enjoy it. Uh, listen to it however you prefer to listen to music and um, I'm sure you'll enjoy it so thank you very much Jörg for, for coming on the show it was a no, pleasure to have my you pleasure. on it's my, absolutely my pleasure thank you very much and I uh, highly recommend checking out Jörg's uh, Instagram channel folks um, and his YouTube plenty of uh, you know Metallica Rammstein uh heaps of other bands that you chuck up there um, <laughs> riffs yeah, are there so i really enjoy your videos and um thank you very much i'll be checking out a few of them when i get a chance to dive into some you know riffs off this off this new album so uh, i'll go and check yours out and see how you play them <laughs> all right thank you very much so yeah thanks for coming on thanks everyone for tuning in and uh thank you metallica another awesome album and uh we'll catch you again soon for another episode of Fox on the Wire. Take care, everybody. Thank you.